1: In Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and today I am joined by Doug Hart. Kia ora, Doug.
0: Kia ora. Welcome, Doug. Where are you, Doug? I actually live in Anderson's Bay. I'm at the moment, looking out across the ocean um, towards um, uh, towards St Clair. Beautiful view, but a bit grey, overcast today.
1: And we're asking people how their bubble life is and their traffic light is and their whatever now is. So let's start with how your bubble life was. How was your bubble life?
0: The bubble life for us, because we're retired, hasn't really affected us. But the fact is that some of the activities that we used to do and we used to be in uh, joined into, like the University of the Third Age, um, lectures at the, uh, the Art Gallery, um, public talks, the council. So that impacted our sort of well-being in a way but apart from that really it hasn't really affected us
1: and what did you do to keep yourself busy during the lockdown if you couldn't do those things
0: oh that's a that's an amazing story actually because we did <laughs> a lot more walking around the area yes. um in fact actually we're we're actually uh, opposite the uh, golf course here um down below and uh we just used to walk down to the beach and then we thought, Oh look, what we'll do, we'll um we'll go on the golf course and we'll have a game of golf. And we'll walk every hole from the tee to the uh to the green and then on to the next one. So that's what we did. It took about two and a half hours. They say golf actually is a um a, a walk um spoilt really isn't it? Yeah. A good walk spoiled, but there you go. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we do. Um, We also have a family living very close to us and we were able to um, um, have them walk up to the end of the driveway and sort of uh, have a little conversation there, really, yeah.
1: And you are an artist?
0: I am. I was a teacher in England for 40 years and then we retired out here to be with... uh, uh, my wife's two boys, and um, but um, yeah, I I I always taught art. I was in charge of the art um, department, if you like, in a primary school. Um, but I never got a chance, in a way, to actually do art myself. But so when I retired, I oh, I took up art, so I took up watercolouring and uh, never stopped. I've always got a paintbrush in my hand, much to my wife's disgust. I think. <laughs>
1: You might imagine that sometimes it's a paintbrush and you're painting the side of the house.
0: I, actually, funny enough, I, we were doing that for two months uh, but in January and February. We were actually painting the side of a house, you know, <laughs> and etc. And cleaning it all down. So that's not far from the truth, actually, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been creative?
0: I've always been creative. There's something inside me that uh, says, don't play sport, but play with paintbrushes and pencils. Um, actually, I was an athlete when, when I was younger, but um, a runner. But um, I've always been creative. Yeah, I used to create, um, much to people's uh, annoyance, my parents, really, um, sort of Christmas decorations of bits of wood with ratchet tin foil. And hang them up. It looks a bit weird, but abstractly. But, yeah, so it goes back a long way.
1: Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have... Tom Petty, Learning to Fly. Why this one?
0: Well, many years ago, I suddenly heard on the radio, as you did in those days, um, an amazing sound. And I thought, my God, who's that? And then it just sort of, um, at the end of the song, it's like, oh, it's Tom Petty, you're Learning to Fly. And it was just, I thought, this is just an amazing sound. And having heard that sound, I bought the album straight away and... um I also um, made sure that I googled Tom Petty live at Gainesville. who's was a brilliant concert, you know, with uh, Stevie Nicks uh, singing along with him at times. Ab- absolutely fantastic song. <laughs>
1: The world gets still I'm learning to fly but I ain't got wings Coming down is the hardest thing Where well, the good old days may not return say life Will beat you down Break your heart
0: Steal your crown So i started out
1: For God knows where I guess I'll know When I get there I'm learning to fly Around the clouds What goes up Must come down What led you to be a teacher, Doug?
0: Now, that's another question as well, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, what led me to be a teacher? Well, I was actually um, going to be a um, a cartographer with the um, Ordnance Survey in England and a surveyor, actually. Um, and I got everything ready and I passed all the little bits and pieces. And then suddenly someone said, oh, I was actually a, um, a Cub Scout instructor. And somebody said to me, oh, you're really good at that, aren't you? You're really good at, uh, at teaching cubs to you know, tie knots or learn about trees. You should be a teacher. And that what reps really kick-started it. And I applied for teacher training college and uh, went to London and learned to be a teacher. But, you know, it's something I've always had a passion about, especially at this time, because I think art is such an important creative um, thing to do that, you know it's it leads people into amazingly creative spaces, advertising, um, web design, um, just painting purely for the pleasure of it, and, and children should have more and more exposure to it, really you know yeah, so there we are, and that's that's uh, me and my art
1: yeah, i it's interesting that you say that because I was searching for a a term to describe your work, and I had come up with cartographical. So that's that's uh, cartographical watercolour is how I was going to describe it. I don't know if that's a technical term for describing artworks, and I don't know if that's a good thing for you, but that was what worked for me.
0: No, funny enough, I um, had um, I've done two particular paintings in that style. One was the Al- I've just finished Alps to Ocean Cycleway, and the uh, Otago Rail Trail, based on the brilliant guides by Brian Miller and his wife Diane. And so I did uh, five panel um, watercolours of the start to the finish. I literally I finished the Alps to Ocean, and that's going in, into the Hopes exhibition um, at the Otago Art Society um, in a couple of months' time. And I put it on uh, Facebook, and um, a friend of mine in England, she said, that looks like, like early maps. You know that's what people used to do. They used to draw things, you know, and uh, like um, navigators in the in the um, the time of John Cabot and uh, and uh, Raleigh. They used to draw maps with things like whales and sea monsters and uh, these things happening across the globe. So that's where it's kind of come from in a way. This like local um, features that you could put into a kind of a map type project. Yeah. I think
1: That's your right. picture. I think your picture of the driftwood, a recent one. I think you've oh. done the the west the west coast one. It's it's kind of like a, one of oh, those yeah. mini worlds with or mini lands with a, a mysterious sea around it.
0: That's right. Yes, I mean I, I do try to actually uh, do a lot of watercolor um, and drawing of the local landmarks from the railway station, where the Otago art society is based. Um, through to um, the um, boathouses on the peninsula I mean such a beautiful landscape here. it's it's inspiring it has really inspired me moving here for england
1: and it's a it's not a like the the boat sheds one it's kind of it's it's is it called boatshed waves the the the, the land the, the, the foreground is kind of in 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 wave shapes but also the the hills behind are kind of in a in a, in a in a curve as as well so that uh, it's an abstraction from what you're seeing or maybe you do see it like that
0: well <laughs> yeah maybe i do maybe that's <laughs> what it is uh, i mean van Gogh saw amazing colors and then cut his ear off so i'm hoping that won't go the same <laughs> for me actually um but um no i i I wanted something that was different to other people. I mean, there are some brilliant artists out here, absolutely fantastic, you know, amateur and professional. I mean, people like Sam Foley. I mean, he's an incredible artist. I just wanted something that was slightly different to everybody else and people would say, oh, that's oh, that's uh, strange. What the hell goes in, on inside your head? I know. I know, so yeah, That's
1: the way it is. I'm a swimmer. I oh, are you? and I swam down the length of the harbour. The, a, a big swim for the year was swimming the length of the harbour at the, the weekend. God, it would be finishing at oh, right, um, I'm I'm finishing go. at Anderson's Bay, finishing at the the Bayfield um, inlet. So I, I particularly oh. like that that feeling of that boat shed one. Um, the the sort of the although for me it's one long it's it's, it's like one long corridor that you sort of you looking down but it is that kind of feeling of the 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 lines and the shapes beside you I, I really I do like that that picture in particular do you think are you seeing a a COVID ethos in in art in, in your own art or in that of other people
0: I don't think so I think that you know that it hasn't changed my perception of what i see around me um apart from the fact that you know we used to well i used to travel widely across the world and that's been curtailed but now we concentrate on various little areas where we can actually um explore just very tiny areas and historical places um so i but for generally for people who paint i don't think covid has been any factor in altering their artistic style design or anything else actually at the uh, target of society we did have a when when we came out of our um lockdown we had a an exhibition called uh, bubbles um and that was all to do with bubbles (laughs) bubbles <laughs> and all uh, well, the artwork that people had done during Covid was formed into sort of bubbles and bubble shapes and round pictures and things so that's the only thing I would say has has altered through Covid yeah
1: let's take the second of your music choices let's have Jimi Hendrix Purple
0: Haze why this one well Jimi Hendrix is the very first uh, artist Um, album I ever bought when I was quite young. And um, uh, the reason why I chose it is because Jimmy Andrews is one of my heroes of guitar work and also a very innovative uh, performer and musician at the time and still is today. And I went to see him at the Isle of Wight Pop Festival on the Isle of Wight in 1970, where we had up to... Three hundred thousand people strung across the hills, listening to Hendrix without uh, proper toilets, etc. It was quite an experience. In fact, it comes from his album "Are You Experienced." So, if you went to that uh, that um, concert on the Isle of Wight, you know, following Woodstock, um, uh, then you would be very experienced. <laughs> um, and uh, of course, about three weeks later, Jimmy Hendrix actually dr- died in London um, in a flat in London um, through. Uh, a drug or alcohol whatever but I've actually been to Jimi Hendrix's flat in London um, which he um, took over from um, Handel Handel used to live there as well so yeah he's one of my big heroes Jimi Hendrix
1: If Moira was here, which she's not because she's at work today, she would be asking questions about hope and imagination and the interplay of those two things. As a creative person, but also as a, a long experience in education, how do you see that that the the role of hope and imagination?
0: Oh, I'd like to to imagine that there's uh, a lot of people out there who could actually influence the world through their art. I mean, I know that if you were in Russia in 1920s and 30s and 40s, you would be influenced by all the posters that the Russian um, machine stuck out called propaganda, and that was used obviously to big up the country and we're doing well and we're growing all this grain, et cetera, et cetera. The, little did the um, proletariat know that that actually wasn't the case. But I think that uh, creative um, ways of drawing, um, creative ways of painting, of uh, film work, of you know all the new technology um, can influence people quite a bit. And I'd like to see people actually influence people in the way of a Good response to living. Um, We we see effects of um, negative um, um, publicity on Facebook and so on. You know, with conspiracy theories. But I mean, those sort of issues, if they were curtailed, if you like. You could actually have this uh, sort of creative world where people would be sharing great ideas. I've always thought actually having newspapers or TV programs that were just good news, no bad news, you know. <laughs> um, you open the newspaper, it's like, oh, oh gosh, there's great things happening here. And uh, you watch the news, it's like, oh, wow, you know, someone's dog's been found or um and we've helped this old lady across the road or you know those little things like that to to make the um, world a better place do you think that
1: our kids you've worked in primary schools are kids naturally creative and uh, do we do we somehow train that out of people
0: i think i think that's that's right i think it does happen. Um, my, my granddaughter um, Frankie she's amazingly creative incredibly creative and my other grandson uh, Sawyer, he is really really creative um, and I'd like to see that continue. I mean some, some people are very creative have that sort of um, creative side to them and other people are very academic um, and I think as middle-class person myself my parents were very well aware that you should have a proper job that you should be very well educated which is great and you should have a professional job and therefore the choices in schools are will you do math science or you know whatever Uh, but art is kind of like this this subject that you can do occasionally it's like a Sunday afternoon activity sort of thing and I think that that should not be the case. I think they should marry together art, science, and technology. So you have got people who are very creative, who create great designs across the planet. <clears throat> I mean, you've only got to look at um, the choices between buying a, a, an ordinary box looking type car and like a Ferrari. You know, the design factor is the fact that that car the Ferrari has been beautifully sculptured, and so on. Um, You know, you've got um, people who design furniture. Okay, you can can have a bed that's got four legs and a flat platform, but other people create things that are beautiful styles, you know, like, and houses of beautiful styles and colours. So I think at schools, people are t- tended to, like, oh, it's just a subject that you don't really want to worry about. You can do it when you're older. You know, when you retire, you can pick up a paintbrush. So, yeah, I do think there's that that, that, that side of it.
1: Do you think that the, the technical side of it, that I can't even draw a circle gets in the way of the the bigger role of of being creative and having that imagination and the the need that we have for people to have a a vision or the the ability to sort of see a positive future
0: I think that's right if humanity needs something very positive and at the moment we're getting so many much bad news that we do need people out there to create this kind of um very imaginative world where a very positive world where you know, our problems can be solved. I mean, I, I'm not a um, scientist myself, but I can see the, uh, the effects of um, people designing objects that makes the world a better place, putting together the artistic side and marrying it into a scientific side. Bubble sprite of the forest of Oroconooey, Dillon's favorite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie.
2: Kia ora koutou. Namahi arohanoui kia koutou I hope you're all having a best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here, making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for us all, this is a difficult time. This is a challenging time. This is a time of change and transition. This is a time when we have to draw upon our deep reserves of inner strength and knowing in order to continue to give and receive all the love and support that we can give and receive and continue to do our best as we all are at all times and continue to learn and continue to grow and continue to share and continue to communicate and continue to laugh and continue to... (laughs) To smile behind our masks and see the joy and the recognition in others' eyes when we do. I know that for myself, over the last more than two years, it has been such a rich and fertile time of learning and of personal development and expansion. And often in these times when things are breaking down, things are changing, things are turning away from one form and transforming into another, this is when all that really rich decomposition and that really rich release of nutrients is taking place, of course, as we see in the ever-present and ever-knowing and infinitely wise natural world every single moment of every single day. We see that change unfolding. And I know for myself, particularly over the last couple of years, my learning has had to turn towards how to support myself as best I can in order to be able to support those I love and care for and work with and interact with and have not yet met but will communicate with from afar, experience love at a distance with all of these beautiful life forms that's around me that I want to look after. I have to look after myself first in order to do so and this has been a really big learning for me a very big learning curve for me and the show, as you know has helped me immeasurably in this time beyond any words that I could say this show has helped me so I'm so grateful to Sam and the whole Blown Bubbles team and to all of you And increasingly, I'm appreciating the slower pace of my life, the reduction in my hours of work, the change in the form of my work, so that increasingly, I am turning back to myself and going within and learning more and more what I need to do so that I feel fundamentally loved and supported by myself. One of the things that I have spoken with you about many times, of course, is the comfort I draw from the living world and that sense of connection that we can all feel to all life in an infinite web, that we know that our frameworks of understanding that science shows us that we are related to all life. Ever since that eruption of life began, we can trace our relationship all the way back. And we know that we are simultaneously ancestors and descendants and that we are constantly functioning in relationship and I'm so grateful for that. Another aspect of our beautiful world that I've spoken to you about many, many times is of course our innate creativity. That we cannot help but be moved by the beauty of our world. We cannot help but be inspired by what we see. When we open our eyes, or we open our ears, we open our hearts. When we touch and taste and feel, we cannot help but make something new come into the world. And this is our gift. And of course, not only our gift, but the gift of all life. And at times like this, if we can find the opportunities to really celebrate what we can share what we can make possible it's such a brilliant thing to do to reaffirm our sense of who we are our sense of hope our sense of belonging our sense of being loved and being able to love in return and so of course it's perfect that the wonderful Doug Hart was interviewed my dear friend and of course, as part of my favourite, the Fringe Festival, in our city of celebration, in our city of festivals, Auti Porti Stun Eden, I will be judging the pink exhibition that the amazing Heart is putting on. And tomorrow, I will be wandering around gazing upon hundreds of beautiful artworks all different kinds of media that have been created for this pink exhibition and I have to choose three which is going to be very tricky of course and what I love about Doug is that he is so open and he's so encouraging to everybody to share their creative energy and I'm so grateful to him and when I first was asked to judge the show last year he said to me just go with what moves you don't even think about it and I'm so grateful for that and I'll be doing that again tomorrow so I'll keep you updated but I really hope that for you you're really enjoying that beauty that creativity and that sense of love and support that you can give to yourself and others and receive in return and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so
1: much. Take it you. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Doug Hart. Doug, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years. It's almost exactly two years since we started this show. So of those changes we've seen, what do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick?
0: Well, certainly at the moment, with the Ukraine um, situation, that's very, very serious. Um, and we're all involved in that, for, you know, because we're very much a global society. And whatever happens, like a ripple in South America becomes, uh, you know, like a tidal wave over somewhere somewhere else, that sort of effect, you know, the butterfly effect. Um, but I, I had to think about that Ukraine crisis and the fact that, you know, they're Lessening their dependence on oil and gas, and thinking that well, may well be the kickstart of people saying, Hey, we need to do something about global warming now. We will invest in huge technologies, green technologies that wean us rapidly off the dependence on oil, gas, and so on, and go into green energies like wind farms, hydro thermal and so on and this country has got it all they've got all the the water we've got the hydro we've got we've got the um the hot springs in taupo and geothermal in uh, Rotorua. i mean you this country could create a, a green energy in very in a very short time if the will was there if if business who, de- who pushed the needs of oil and gas stepped back and said um, 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 we're pushed aside and the green energy invested in green energies
1: I think it's a brilliant move by the government to link the reducing the excise tax on fuel um, to the um, the public transport um, subsidies. Because it's about changing yeah, behaviour, not just not just making what we're doing as usual a bit cheaper.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's changing behaviours, but also things things like electric cars. I mean, electric lorries, electric tractors, and so on. People are only going to buy those if they're very sustainable. They're they're very much affordable. They very much do the job. You don't have to worry about uh, if you go to, from here to Christchurch. You have to like recharge three times to get to Christchurch. If that in technology improves, then you could have everybody on board, you know, with their electric vehicles, and then you would not be dependent on gas, and then therefore, you know, or oil, and therefore the planet would start slowly to recover.
1: Do you think that there are any lessons from how we've managed the pandemic for those bigger questions that we face as a global society? And I'm I'm thinking of things like climate change, social justice, biodiversity?
0: Well of course COVID nineteen has been a very much a divert you know, decision between a lot of people, you know, between families, between friends. Um between a lot of activities and it's a great shame. Um, however, from my personal point of view, I think that Cinder Ardern actually did handle this uh, and the government handled this crisis incredibly well and managed to get you know 90 odd percent of people. Double vaccinated and on their way to being boosted, and then delayed the start of uh, the massive tsunami that the coronavirus is is uh, happening now. So I think that that they did a pretty good job. Um, Lessons to be learnt from it. Well, we're always behind, aren't we, with uh, pandemics and things? You know, in the in the past, you had the the Black Death across Europe that that killed a third of the population. Um, and then you had the 1919 uh, Spanish flu, which killed lots of people very instantly, especially up to probably sort of 500 million potentially across the globe. And then you have coronavirus. Now, we seem to be always doing catch up, you know, across the globe. You know, They, they should have um, people constantly looking for this new thing to happen. I mean, there will be another one. There's got to be, you know, because that's the nature of, of nature, that viruses do multiply and change and warmth. But, yeah, so I, I think um, we have lessons to be learned from getting um, ready for the next pandemic and uh, supplied all yeah. the necessary equipment. So I think we've had good practice with that.
1: Yeah, we heard a lot about this at the start of this one, about it being unprecedented. But right. it's only unprecedented because we failed to learn from the, the previous times. We're running out of time. Let's squeeze in the third of your music choices, Pink Floyd. Take it back. Why this?
0: Pink Floyd is is my, uh, the ultimate uh, band for me because um, I first heard them when I was like 10 years old. Um, uh, so, um, sorry, no, I'm 15 years old. And the, the Division Bell itself, um, the album is fantastic. And this, 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 this builds, take it back, builds, the guitar that builds Dave Gilmore is just uh, amazing, and that's what I like about it, that huge swell of music building up, and it just seems to get inside me and uh, make me feel really good.
1: I have some questions to end the show and not very much time. So we're going to have to r- rattle through them. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years?
0: I guess the biggest success is being involved in the Otago Art Society and being president of it. Um, well, it's been a lot of work and I've absolutely loved it. The Otago Art Society is open to everybody, which I managed to... Uh, push through and persuade people that it is an open society and anybody can join. Whether they can not, whether they can just draw a little bit or they're absolutely brilliant. It's a fantastic organization. People need to go to the railway stations, the galleries, and look at the artwork there. Especially pink. That's coming opening on Thursday. The pink exhibition.
1: Pink exhibition. Yeah. So we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? What's got you into the mansion?
0: <laughs> My superpower. My superpower is probably to be able to communicate um, with people. Um, and uh, but I've got a very very good support. My family here, brilliant. My wife is fantastic. Is very forgiving as well. You know. Um, but I've just. I'm just hoping that people would you know be more sort of open about their lives and um put it down on canvases and and uh, paper and so on.
1: do you consider yourself to be an activist?
0: No, I'm not an activist at all no, no, I'm probably a gentle nudger <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> described as yeah no i'm not an activist uh, but um i'm not that strong in in my actions for that no yeah, the only activism the activism i've ever done is to try and push through the uh the fact that people could join the Art targo art society and didn't need to have a portfolio of work and then be accepted through that
1: that's a good move so what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning?
0: Um, probably the toilet, actually, to get through it. No, uh, seriously, though, um, I think um, making a nice cup of tea for my wife in bed, that's probably what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, and then, actually, I do have ideas that float in my head, um, thinking, oh, that's a great idea for a picture. Or a um, I was looking at Facebook this morning, and my sister-in-law in England posted a brilliant picture of rocks and sheep. I thought, that would make a great picture. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of gets me up in the morning. That kind of gets me up, yeah. The fact that, actually, I wake up in the morning and go, God, that's great, I'm still alive.
1: Do your pictures take much planning? Do you have to sort of, like, work them out almost mathematically to how they're going to work?
0: Yeah, I do. They do take a lot of research and a lot of um, move, movement of lines across papers and things and sketchbooks, yeah. So I do actually plan them out, but uh, sometimes I'm, like, really getting to them really quickly, and uh, but mostly they are planned you know, uh, swirls and sort of shapes and so on. And then I work from those shapes to create what I'm doing, from boathouses to Larnock Castle and so on.
1: And the, the veranda of the railway station's a good one, isn't it? That, that, that's all. And, and it, it is, it's, it's abstract, but it's also geometric and architectural. But it it it, it kind of looks to me to. as though when you're looking at it, because you don't like look at it all at the same time, you do look
0: at the different features on it. You do, that That takes an enormous amount of planning, because you can do a very straight one, and that would be quite easy because everything's mm-hmm. like in straight lines, but when you start to distort it, then you have to make sure that all the, uh, the uh, um, objects at the top of the building match the kind of the ones at the bottom of the building, so these kind of an incredible amount of mental work goes on trying to, to get that in in some sort of way that people know it's a railway station, but it's not really. It's kind of like a weird drawing. <laughs> <story>. yeah.
1: <laughs> and yeah. lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners?
0: Our Advice for your listeners is really to enjoy life because it, like, life is quite a short thing actually and as you get older you realize that life slips away pretty flipping quickly um and have a positive attitude like you know get up in the morning you know enjoy looking around even if it's raining you know you're still having, having a life um, um try to help other people as much as you can i think that's a really important thing kindness um so yeah i'd say that to, to be kind to other people I know it's probably a very cliche thing with uh, Jacinta's uh, comments be kind but uh, I think that's a very very important mantra that people should have
1: Thank you very much
0: for joining me It's a pleasure, it's a pleasure talking to you
1: Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We are broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on OAR.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Henry Mancini's Pink Panther theme. Part of the Dunedin Fringe Festival. Pink opens tomorrow at the Otago Art Society. At the Dunedin Railway Station. It runs until the 27th of March. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin. And I've been joined by Doug Hart in Anderson's Bay. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Marty